Good morning. If you will, uh, turn your Bibles to Psalm 91. Uh, but even as you're turning there, or if you've got a little electronic device, if, if you want to follow there, it will be on the screen uh, as, as well. But before I, before I read the text to you, just um, uh, the people of this church are amazingly generous. I'm, I'm just kind of uh, flabbergasted at times how much is given to this church and its ministries, but also out in the community, there's just all kinds of people that are involved in all kinds of great ministries and causes that just kind of amazes me. But one of our families that's just incredibly generous in the community has a son by the name of David, David Fleming. Tomorrow night, he will be featured on um, America Ninja Warrior. So I just want to let you know, we got some really cool kids within this church uh, that do some amazing kinds of things. And evidently, he did extremely well. So if you want to tune in and watch American Ninja War, I don't know if you're in that kind of thing, but, uh, but I do think we need to encourage our kids in, in the many things they do. And even this week, uh, there's, we have a student ministry uh, camp all week long. I'd really be encouraging uh, you to pray for Matt and for the other youth leaders and, and for the kids that will go. The Lord often does special things during those camps. They tend to be intense, and they, they can bring about spirit, spiritual commitments that are literally uh, life, uh, lifelong lasting. So if you will, uh, let me read the scriptures to you, and then we'll pray for just a moment. Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, he is my fortress, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you make the most high your dwelling, even the Lord, who is my refuge, that no harm will befall you. No disaster will come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you're, you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Let's bow and look to the Lord in prayer together. Our Father, even as we read this prayer, this song, this psalm, written so many years ago. We pray, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts and our minds. Lord, assure us that we have no need to fear because you are with us. You protect us. We nestle under your wing, literally. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. There's one great truth um, 
laid down in this psalm, and that is this, that all those who live a life of communion with God, all those that choose to draw near to God and trust in him are safe under his protection and may live without fear even when the worst things come their way, even when the worst things come our way. The psalmist states that truth in three different ways in the text. First as kind of a declarative statement, the second as a, as a causal statement, and third, or second as a conditional statement, and the third as a causal statement. Let me reread those verses to you. Verse one. Oops. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of his wing. Verse nine. If you make the most high your dwelling, even the Lord who is my refuge, then no harm will, you, will fall, befall you. No disaster will come near your tent. And then again in verse 14. And this is literally the Lord speaking to us. He's speaking in the third person. But he says, because he loves me, I will rescue him. I will protect him. For he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. This psalm is very much a challenge to its readers, and that is us today, to put their trust in the Lord Almighty rather than in anything or anyone else. And the psalmist is using his own testimony as an example. I mean, he he makes this statement, and then he says almost like, no matter what anybody else does, I am going to trust in the Lord. The Lord is my refuge. He is, my, he is my, my, my fortress. So he's using his own testimony. But the question is not, can we trust the Lord to protect us from harm, to protect us from evil uh, as we go through dark times, even as we may face death, and we'll all face death at some point, but will we? Will you trust in the Lord at all times in anything and everything? no matter the news. We're challenged to trust him, not only for eternal salvation, but for our very well-being in life, physically, emotionally, physically, spiritually, in, in every sense. And that, as believers in Christ, that's exa- exactly what we're supposed to do. Will you trust him to help you find your way through life? Those of you who are young, will you trust him to help you find a mate? that will be right for you and that you can walk through life together? Will you trust him to help you find meaning and purpose in life? Help you find a way to provide for yourself? Will you trust him to provide the friends and the fellowship that you need? Will you trust him when either you or your mate or your children deal with really terrible things in life? Will you trust him when you, when you receive that news that you yourself have cancer. Can you, will you trust him in those times? Will you trust him when you find out your child has a heart defect and they have to have a surgery? That's what happened this past year. Will you, will you trust him when your teenager is dealing with depression so deep it seems like there's nothing you can do to help them? These are the dark moments, these are the tough moments The the reality is this, we face adversity and suffering in life. 
You know, uh, some could read this psalm and say, oh, is the Lord is just making this blanket promise that if you trust in him, nothing bad will ever happen to you. Well, that's, that's, you know, that, that's not really what the psalm is saying. In fact, if you look at those 14th verses, at verse 14 and following, what it indicates there, and the Lord is speaking, because he loves me, I will rescue him. I will rescue him. The implication is a believer can get into trouble. Um, I w- he will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in that trouble. I will deliver and honor him. It's not that we won't ever go through difficult times or, bar- or, or, or hard things. In fact, every single one of us is indeed gonna face our, our, our death. We just, that is part of life until the Lord, uh, until the Lord returns. But here's what we need to believe. We need to believe that no matter what the cause of our suffering, whether it's even because of our own irresponsibility or our bad choices in life or not taking advantage of opportunities given to us, we'll, uh, no matter what the cause of it, will we trust that he will be with us, that he will not abandon us? That's the promise of this psalm. And that's the promise I think we need to cling to as, as much as we possibly can. Trouble can come in, in many forms in life. In verse three, the psalmist says, he will save you from the fowler's snare. Now, I don't know if you know what a fowler is, but a fowler was one who uh, caught birds for a living, and they would put out snares and try to capture, capture these birds. Well, I think that that's a metaphor for all the various human plots and schemes uh, that can mess up our lives. Think uh, scams in today's parlance, Okay. There's all kinds of things that can trip us up in this world. And usually they're not a, not a result of our own irresponsibility or, or, or mistakes. And even uh, if you go further, you know, he talks about an epidemics or he talks about uh, forces being arrayed against us. We've just dealt with one uh, not very long ago. Perhaps you'll remember it. There'll be others that'll come as well. And although for us, most of us don't deal with a very present reality that Somehow military forces will be arrayed against us. We often are assaulted by other human beings. People come after us. They try to, to trip us up. They try to cheat us in any number of ways. And if you talk to the Ukrainians, they are dealing with a very real reality of military forces being arrayed against them. I don't know what it, what, what it would be like to go through that kind of warfare where at any moment you could be taken out by a bomb or by some other you know, military uh, force. The reality is that we will go through difficult times. But we are, we are to be ones that, that turn to the Lord Almighty. When those really dark times comes, who are you gonna turn to? Well, it is the Lord Almighty that is talked about in this text. Years ago, I read the story of Jim Elliott. Uh, perhaps you will remember him. Uh, his, his, uh, his story was written up by his wife, Elizabeth Elliott, in a book called In the Shadow of the Almighty. So it literally is quoting this psalm uh, that, 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 we're, that we just read this morning. But it tells a story about how he and four other missionaries, other men, had gone down to a, uh, an area of Ecuador and they were trying to reach an unreached, very hostile, very dangerous tribal group, which we ended up calling the Aucas. I think they actually go by, by a slightly different name than that. But these five guys, they go into this situation believing that God is wanting them to reach this, tru- reach this group with, with the gospel itself. And they end up being killed 
by those natives. Ironically, even the very individual that killed Jim would end up coming to Christ later on. So, so here they enter into that situation knowing that they're going to face danger. And yet, um, they, their lives are taken away. But they're, they're trusting in the Lord God. Jim was very much a person that dwelt in the shelter of the Most High. So even though his, his life was lost, and that's, that's where I, I find kind of an I- irony in the, in the title of that book, In the Shadow of the Almighty, because here he is resting in the shadow of the Almighty, but his physical life is taken away. But it's taken away for a cause. Their lives were hid in Christ with God. It was interesting that that phrase was actually used in, the, in one of the songs this morning. But when you live in the shadow of the Almighty, nothing can touch you, not even death, because he protects you. One of Jim Elliott's famous statement was this, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Let me repeat that. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Recently, a person I was uh, fortunate enough to call a friend, Tim Keller, came to the end of his life here on earth. Um, I was privileged to work as a colleague of his for some 25 years. Uh, it, was a, it was really a, a precious time uh, in, in so many different ways. But he had two stints of battling with cancer. The first one was in the 2000s. He had thyroid cancer. He ended up surviving that one. But his most recent one, the battle with pancreatic cancer, took him out. Um, I knew him to be a man who trusted and rested in the Lord. And when he died, he died in absolute peace. We're told that his last words to his son, Michael, were these. I want to go to be home with Jesus. He died completely peaceful because he knew that he was in the shelter of the Most High. He had chosen to dwell and indeed lived in the shelter of that God. Isaiah 43, 2 reads this way. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep you away. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. It's an odd thing, but fear often drives much of what we do today, even as believers. We fear death, and so we go to great lengths to try to do everything possible to extend our lives as as long as we possibly can, sometimes even though the quality of that life uh, isn't very good. We fear that we won't have enough to live on in retirement, and so we hoard riches, sometimes ignoring the priorities that God really wants us to make with that which he has given us. We fear the loss of our beauty or attractiveness, and so we do odd things to our bodies to try to somehow sustain that that, that, that beauty. We fear losing our children to a a hostile world around us that is oftentimes very corrupt and very immoral. And so we protect and we shelter them, but sometimes to such an extent that they may not be prepared for a world that is actually very harsh and unforgiving and that will literally challenge their belief system. We fear the loss of the approval of others, and it may be that of our parents or our social peers, our colleagues, whoever it might be. So we go to great lengths to do whatever we can to gain and to keep that, that, that approval, sometimes even when it means compromising our own integrity. There are any number of fears out there that can drive us. 
But as believers in Christ, we should not be driven by fear. And as any psychologist or counselor can tell you, to be driven by fear is unhealthy. Unless perhaps if you're being chased by a bear, okay? <laughs> There's sometimes where you should be driven by fear, okay? But so let me, let me deal with this question. How and why can we not be driven by fear? Verse nine, let me read that uh, again. It gives us part of the answer. If you make the most high your dwelling, even the Lord who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you. No disaster will come near your tent for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. He shall give his angels charge over you in all your ways. This is one of the primary passages from which we get the idea of, a, of guardian angels. And I'm not sure that every one of us is assigned a guardian angel, you know, like that old movie, that old Christmas movie where, is it Harold or whatever the name is, that, uh, that guards the Jimmy Stewart character. Uh, so I'm not sure that it quite works out like that, but we, 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 are, we are being told here that the Lord can literally cause his angels, his emissaries, to protect us, to be with us, to rescue us. That's actually a truth. That is a truism, if, if, if you will. Nothing, nothing can befall us except that the Lord allows it. And though the Lord may allow bad things to happen to us, they're always to accomplish a greater purpose in our lives or in the working out of his plan for the world. It's a principle of Romans 8.28. Surely most of you have memorized that. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those that love him those who are called according to his purpose. It is somewhat ironic that these are the very words I think quoted, uh, that are quoted by Satan. As, as Satan is trying to tempt Jesus, you remember that in the wilderness before he enters his ministry? Satan uses the words of this psalm to actually try to get Jesus to throw himself off the pinnacle of, of the temple. And basically what he's trying to do is he's trying to get Jesus to doubt the words of the Father, to doubt the love of the Father, the protection of, uh, of the Father. Um, and, and yet in, in these very words, we also find the prophecy that Jesus himself would crush the head of the serpent. Just like the, 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 uh, the curse that's, that's told to the serpent in, in the garden. And even he will trample the lion. Well, uh, the, the, we're, we're told in other places of scripture that the devil is like a roaring lion that seeks to, to, to devour us. So here in, in, in this prophecy, we find G, the, the death of Jesus being prophesied that it would literally overcome the threats of the evil one. So the Lord literally can protect us by sending emissaries or through any number of other means. But that, that leads me to, my, to the second part of the, the question. How and why can we live without fear? If you look at verses 14 and following, let me reread that to you. Because he loves me, declares the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me, and I will answer him. He will be with him in trouble. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my, my, my salvation. Why can we live without fear? Well, it's because the Lord literally is with us. 
the great solace, the ultimate solace that we have uh, when, or that you have when you go through difficult times is that the Lord has promised to be with us even when we face the, the incre- incredibly scary things. We have that assurance that he has pledged himself to rescue us. He will protect the one that acknowledges his name. When and if you call on him, he will answer you. He will be with you in trouble. He will deliver you. He'll honor you. And you will see his salvation. Eventually, all of us face death, unless the Lord returns first, as I said a moment ago. All of us will go through difficult things, some so difficult that it's hard to understand how an individual can bear up under some of those things that take place. And for the most part, we can't really control those things. But we can control and we can know that the Lord will be with us no matter what his reasons for allowing the difficulties that we do face. If we've made him our refuge. If we've chosen to set our love on him. If we call on him. If we have chosen to dwell in the shelter of the Most High. It is a conditional thing. The promise in scripture in this passage is amazing to us. But it's conditional. You have to choose to draw near to God. You have to choose to put your trust in him when you actually don't know if there's any other answer, if there's anything that that, that can save you. If you choose to trust in him, he will protect you. Years ago in one of the churches I planted, um, we had a young girl, 16 years old. She was tragically killed in a car crash. A young man, another, uh, another boy that was 16 years old, had had a fight with his mother and he storms out of the house, he jumps in his car, and he's tearing off down the road through a residential neighborhood, 30, 30 mile per hour zone. He was, uh, they, they estimated that he was going at least 100 miles an hour. And Mary, Mary was just going through the, an intersection, and he T-bones her car, and she's killed instantly. She was killed instantly. No fault of her own. It's a hard thing. Her mother was devastated, as you can imagine, In a way, she'd been kind of living through her daughter. She'd made kind of a mess of her life. She'd gone through a pretty horrendous divorce. A couple of her kids had gone astray in a number of ways. But Mary was this kind of ideal young girl that her mother was kind of living through. She was smart, got great grades in school, musically talented, committed Christian. First time I ever heard of you two was because Mary told me about you two. I didn't know, have any idea that Bono was, uh, Bono? Bono was, uh, was, was a believer in Christ. Don't laugh at me, come on. <laughs> but, but, so the mother was kind of living through her, you know, because she was becoming what the mother had always hoped to be, and then she was gone. How do you deal with that? I don't know. I know that, Her mother had to slowly grope her way back to some semblance of well-being. It was a long, hard struggle. And the darkness at at times seemed to overwhelm her. The only person she could turn to was really to God himself. She had to hang on for all she was worth to the only person that could meet her in her pain. 
Sometimes it's like that for us. Sometimes there's nowhere, nowhere else to turn. Even your closest confidants can't be the ones. Only God is the one you can cling to. When Jesus went to the cross, he faced the worst of the worst for us. He who knew no sin became sin for us. On that cross, he was literally bearing the wrath of the Father being poured out on him. And he felt utterly abandoned. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Chilling words. But the good news is, the Father didn't abandon him. Though he went through and bore that incredible pain and suffering, God the Father raised him from the dead. Even in that, he was protected. He did it that we might be brought back to that Father and know the safety and security of protection under his wings. Uh, there's a parallel psalm to, to Psalm 91. It's, it's actually Psalm 61. Uh, it was one I literally uh, learned a song to uh, early on in my, in my believing life. But here's the way it reads. Hear my cry, O God. Attend unto my prayer. From the ends of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock. Lead me to the rock that's higher than I. For thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in thy tabernacle forever and I will trust in the covert of, my, of, thy, of thy wings. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock. Lead me to the rock that's higher than I. Let's pray to the Lord this morning. Our Father and our God, we are so grateful that you have pledged yourself to be with us. Father, I thank you that we can trust that if we put our trust in you, that you will protect us, that you'll love us, you'll care for us, that we can nestle up under your wing and know that nothing can befall us but that you allow it. Lord, we thank you that you love us, that you're with us even in the darkest moments of our lives. Lord, help us to cling to you. It's in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.